обращаясь к исследованию нашего неисследимого наследия, studying our unsearchable inheritance, the unchanging epigraph of our study of the Word of God is the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 44. Then Jesus said to his disciples, this is what I told you while I was still with you, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, so that we as the participants of the body of Christ would share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about Him in Scripture, we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and with the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in our heart, what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. This is the calling of every person that comes to God. If he does not understand this calling and does not fulfill it, he will lose his salvation and his, his name will be blotted out of the book of life. To fulfill the given commandment or commanding order, there are three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts that we must do, put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath, or more specifically, will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed, the seed of our salvation, or will we lose it forever? In a specific format, we already looked at the process contained in the first two acts and stopped to study the process of the third act, and specifically, what conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of our already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of the glory of our new person that is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David where the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom and authority that he alone has, reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon or God Most High. Because in this prayer, David, turns to God with the name El Elyon, which is Most High. And this condition consists in this, that in the tight situation you experience when putting off the old man, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and proclaim the faith of our hearts, stating who God is to us in Jesus Christ. That is, again, what is within our heart, we put it there, who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we we are to God in Jesus Christ and what do we need to do so that we can inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. We noted that the given allegory, as we noted, is one of the most powerful and voluminous examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David with the name of God Most High and their violent conflict with our carnal mind in the form of King Saul and with governing sin as our old person with his deeds. 
помазанных Богом царя, живущих в одном теле, пребывающих what God Кем has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, and God can then receive the proper basis he needs to join the battle for our earthly body, so he can shame the governing within our body sin, which is the old person with his deeds, by the crushing power of his redemption, and with noise forever thrust him out into hell. In its character, the first psalm of David contains three parts. <clears throat> where we see demonstrated an example of the character of our legitimate prayer, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets. The first part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer, belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself. This is the offering, how the offering is to be upon this altar, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets. The state of the heart is the altar. The demonstration of the state of our heart in our words is the offering that we bring upon this altar. It gives God the proper basis to deliver us from the hand of all of our enemies. The third part illustrates the prayer battle itself in an epic way, which is beyond the limitation of the typical human mind. In a specific format, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. This is an offering that is presented in the power of the eight names of God Most High, getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David in the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy of praise so that he can be saved from his enemies. And God, getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of its names within the heart of David, provided God with the legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in the battle against the enemies of David. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Eight names of God, El Elyon, God Most High. And while we continue to study these names, we have the opportunity all together as one church to simultaneously proclaim the faith of our hearts, stating who God is to us, what he's done for us, and who we are to him in these eight names. And so together, Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. Lord, you are my stronghold. 
да утвердит Господь may the Lord эти establish this for us these words in our life and may he clothe us into these words and may he make us immovable in faith in a specific format as much as the Lord has allowed and according to the measure of our faith we already studied our inherited law in Christ Jesus in the power of five names of God these are strength, rock, fortress deliver and living rock and stop to study our unsearchable Inherit, inherited lot in Christ Jesus contained in the name of God living shield. Considering that the given nature of prayer where David confesses his inherited lot in the eight names of God Most High identifies the covenant that is made between God and man. Getting to know the eight names of God which identify God's covenant with us is a strategic teaching which is purposed to be the calling of every warrior in prayer ones that have the virtue of kings, priests, and prophets who are anointed to rule over their earthly body. If a person, as we've noted more than once, if a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to govern over his calling, which is his mortal body, in the status of a king, a priest, and a prophet, so that he can change it into the virtue of a heavenly body, then this revelation that is purposed for worshiping God in prayer will not benefit him in any way. His worship will not be in accordance to the demands of worshiping in spirit and in truth. The name of God shields presented in Scripture as a living shield in is heightened in Scripture for warriors in prayer as their military weaponry. The purpose of such a shield is called by God to block us and protect us as warriors in prayer who battle for the interests of the will of God and to give God the legitimate basis to stand at our right side as well as between us and our enemies so that in the one and other situation he can take the hits that are directed at us by our enemies upon himself he can demonstrate the power of a living shield. We need to fulfill specific conditions which will allow us to end up in that place and the right time where the power of the name of God in the virtue of his name living shield will receive the proper basis to stand between us and our enemies so that he can take upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies specifically the place and time. Few understand that, what they are. If a person is battling with an enemy, not upon the place that God has appointed, and not the time that God has appointed, he will always lose, and God won't respond to his prayers or be his living shield. I will remind us that this place is being a part of the body of Christ, and if you are a member of the body of Christ, then wherever you are, then you can fight with the enemy for your inheritance, for your right, because you, being a member to the good wife, are within that right place. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus, it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Exodus 14, 19-20. As you can see here, God immediately becomes a living shield. He moves to that place where the enemy is attacking. He 
из-за спины, то есть сзади был, of the pursuing enemy who is targeting him, the one from which he was initially delivered. And it happens that this fatal hit or blow that is directed against our liberty from sin falls upon Christ at this moment, who will be taken from the earth and will be nailed to the cross, as it is written, I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children, because zeal for your house has eaten me up, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. Psalm 69, 8-9. Therefore, the quality and lexicon and identifying the name of God's shield as with the previous names of God Most High are not able to be found in any dictionary of the world. So to be our living shield so that he can take upon himself the hits of the vile curse that pursues us by the sinful seed of our fathers, this is to protect and block us from the wrath of God, protect and block us from the deception of the evil one, protect and block us from the evil and slanderous tongue to protect and block us from the curse of all nature of illness, to protect and block us from the curse of poverty, to protect and block us from the curse of untimely or early death, and to protect us from the sinful life that was passed on to us from our fathers. Looking at this list, which contains such intervention from all nature of existing enemy, the Holy Spirit, in the given prayer psalm of David, in the purpose of the name of God, shield has hidden or concealed the inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and by whom every person collaborating their faith with the faith of God, with the living shield of God, will not just be protected from his enemies, but will also receive the victorious ability to keep and increase the profit received from the invested silver of salvation, which has been turned to profit in the death of the Lord Jesus, which consists of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ, and is a component of the promise of imperishable food. Considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God with man, it is vitally important for us to determine the role of God and the role of man in each aspect of our essence. And for this purpose, as with the previous names of God, which are called to be the lot of our salvation, it is necessary for us to study four classical questions that will help us learn the essence of our inheritance. According to Scripture, what are the identifications and qualities of the name of God in the purpose of His glorious name, Shield? What purpose being in the role of our protector did God allocate for Himself? And what role has He placed upon us? Third, what conditions do we need to fulfill to provide God with the proper foundation to allow us to enter the unsearchable inheritance of His name in the virtue of a living shield of our faith? By what signs do we examine ourselves as to whether we are truly collaborating our faith with the faith of God in the virtue of His name, shield? In a specific format, we already looked at the first sign where the first question consisting of specific qualities of a living shield of faith in eight components, although there are many more of them, therefore we will immediately turn to study question two. What purpose being in the role of our protector did God allocate for himself, and what role do the scriptures allocate to us when it comes to defending the interests of the will of God? Because fulfilling 
filling such a role, whether it be the role of God or the role of man, is practically demonstrated in the price that both God and man pay for the right and opportunity to cooperate with one another. First component in the purpose of the name of God and the virtue of his name living shield, taking upon himself the fatal hit that is directed at us by our enemy, will reveal itself in the truth that is contained in the blood of the cross of Christ. God will protect us by the truth that is contained in the blood of the cross of Christ that is accepted into our heart, not when we will confess empty words that we have not accepted into our heart, that we have not understood and not paid a price for, because to be able to accept it into your heart, it is necessary to pay the appropriate price. And if we don't know what price is to be paid and how to pay it, or what is the, cross, the blood of the cross of Christ, what are its functions, what is its power, then we will not be able to utilize them and God will not be able to then become our living shield. Fulfilling the role of man, providing God with legitimate grounds to demonstrate himself in the role of a living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies, consists in confessing the faith of our heart and sprinkling with the blood of the cross of Christ the lintel and doorposts of our house or ourselves. A door is a person. The lintel is the soul. And the doorposts are the body and spirit. There where the lintel connects with the doorposts, uh, the doorpost that is our spirit, is it is immortal, but the other doorpost connecting to the soul is, which is our body, is mortal. And so why do you need to sprinkle all sides to be able to redeem, to protect our spirit, soul, and our body? Because when we received salvation, we were born from God, and we now have the sacred new person. Our soul and our body remain as they were. The uh, purpose of our new person is to save our soul and uh, save our body, redeem it by, uh, to adopt it by the redemption of Christ, because we will be battling in our body with these kings, with our carnal mind, and with governing sin, it is necessary for us to have God's protection when this is happening. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Exodus 12, 7, 13. According to the, this place of scripture, the truth about the blood of the cross of Christ is called to deliver us and cleanse us from sin by applying the blood of the slain lamb upon our spirit, our soul, and our body that uh, together are the door that opens access into the house of our body, and in this way can protect us from the just wrath of God. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Revelations 5, 9, 10. Redeemed means purchased. He came and he paid the price that was needed to be paid to buy, and this price the Son of God needed to pay the Heavenly Father. 
this price was the price of his life. He needed to pay with his life, not just give his life, but to give his body, his soul, and his spirit to die upon this shameful, terrible uh, death on the cross. This was the price that was paid for each one of us, so that he, with his blood, he needed to pay to make us kings and priests to God. We see here the 24 elders, the four living creatures that say that they are from every tribe, people, language, and that God has made them kings and priests to God and that they shall reign on the earth. This means that the reign on earth has not yet happened and that this vision that John saw speaks about the fact that this belongs to the church that is right now existing and that these 24 elders and four living creatures, these are the church, they represent the church. These are kings, priests, and prophets. They say they will reign on the earth. Why? Because he has already made us kings and priests. He has already made us kings. He gave us the ability to govern over over our body, to be a king over our body, to lead our emotions so that we could save our soul and our body. It is noteworthy that the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, that by the price of the blood of the cross of Christ, can be legal and legitimate in the situation when we allow the truth of the preached word and the power of the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in our heart to make us kings and priests to our God. Therefore, if a person by the offered to him preached word of truth in the death of the Lord Jesus has not died for his nation, for the house of his father and for his corrupt desires of his soul and afterwards hasn't renewed his mind by the spirit of his mind which is the mind of Christ in his spirit, he will not have any ability and, or any means with which, with which to clothe this body, his new person, so that he can be a king and a priest to God, because to be a king uh, to God is to have a mind that is renewed by the spirit of our mind to be a priest, is to build your spirit into a tower, which is in the wall of our spirit, which represents the perfection that is like our heavenly Father, we have a sister, if you know it, we have a little sister, it's written in Songs of Solomon 8, 8 through 10, and she has no breast, what shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build upon her a battlement of silver, and if she is a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. I am, but she is not. She's not a wall, and she doesn't have doors that are overlaid with boards of cedar, symbol of righteousness. The other one comes and says, I am a wall and my breasts like towers. Then I became in his eyes as one who has found peace. Songs of Solomon 8, 8 10. The symbol of a tower <coughs> that is in the form of these two breasts is the spirit of a person that is built into the symbol of the breastplate of judgment where the Urim and Thummim are located. That represents within the spirit of a person the truth of the elementary teaching of Christ and the Holy Spirit who reveals the meaning of the truth that is in your heart. You see how God has concealed in these two breasts this Urim and Thummim. And so when a person reads and doesn't understand the essence 
отталкивает, he либо смущается, потому что or, он не может мыслить духовно, он мыслит на страже мою, стал я стоя на башне, Запиши видение на чертах Ибо видение относится еще к определенному времени, хотя бы замедлило, ибо carnal body into a heavenly body, write it plain on tablets, so the one who is supposed to read, when the time comes to fulfill this promise, he can easily read it, because only those saints that have accepted this promise and have grown and have clearly written it upon the tablets of their heart, only for them is this revelation and this promise. And it shall be fulfilled, and it will not tarry. And so the meaning of the name of God, or purpose of the name of God, in the form of a living shield who takes upon himself the hit that is directed at us by our enemies, is called to uh, reveal itself in our collaboration of the, uh, with the truth of the blood of the cross of Christ, which is contained in our heart in the truth of the Thummim, in the form of the elementary teaching of Christ and in the virtue of the urim, in the form of the Holy Spirit that reveals the meaning that is contained in, in our heart, the meaning of the thumb in our heart. And so blood within a person uh, of every person, just like the blood of any animal, it carries within itself uh, their life. It is the same, the blood of Jesus Christ. It identifies the form of eternal life in the body of Christ. And it identifies the status of Christ in the virtue of the Son of Man. Собрание, обладающее статусом доброй жены, в Therefore I said to the children of Israel, no one among you shall eat blood, nor shall any stranger who dwells among you eat blood. Leviticus 17, 10-12. So in the purpose of the given component to give God the proper foundation to be our living shield who takes upon himself the fatal hit that is directed at us by our enemy, it is necessary to fulfill the implemented by God conditions, collaborating our life with the life of Christ that is presented in his blood that is shed upon the cross. If a person will not have knowledge that he can receive by obeying the preached to him word of truth, upon what conditions do we collaborate our life with the life of Christ in his blood that is shed upon the cross, then the way to the imperishable treasures that are contained in the blood of Christ that is shed upon the cross will be, uh, will be closed to them. The way will be closed. And that means that God will not have any basis to 
made the blood of his son a living shield for this person that takes upon itself the hate that is directed at us by our enemies. And these are enemies that are in our body as well as out of our body. The imperishable and unsearchable inheritance that is contained in the blood of Christ that is shed upon the cross of Christ is within the treasury of the body of Christ, which is the church of Jesus Christ in the form of his chosen remnant. And so collaborating our life with the life of Christ that is in his blood that is shed upon the cross is having the right fellowship with one another because they make up the body of Christ. Collaborating the life of Christ with ours is to collaborate with the body of Christ with one another. And this collaboration has to take place upon God's implemented conditions which are in the covenant that we make with Him which identifies the right way we are to have a fellowship with one another and needs to have a hierarchical subordination. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 1, 6-7. And so when it's talking about cleanses, that means he doesn't account it to us, he stands between us and our, and our enemy or our sin. According to the given uh, meaning, to walk in in the in the in God is to walk in the light of His truth. The verb "walk" in the place we just read, in the given place of Scripture, is loving or living in accordance to the light of truth, act according to the light of truth, behave according to the light of truth, function in accordance to the light of truth, walk in or walk around or in a circle in accordance to the light of the truth. Walking in the light of the truth, the truth that God walks in, God walks in the light of his word that comes out of his mouth. Considering this, our walk in the light of the truth where God walks in, provides God the foundation that he needs by the means of the blood of Christ that was shed upon the cross to be a living shield that takes upon himself the fatal hit that is directed at us by our enemies that live within our body as well as out of our body. Second component in the purpose of the name of God and the virtue of his name living shield, taking upon himself the fatal hit that is directed at us by our enemy, is called to reveal itself in our body in the truth of the teaching that is contained in the virtue of the cross of Christ. At the same time, fulfilling the role of man gives God the proper basis to, re to reveal himself in his relationship with man in the form of a living shield, consists in the power of a person, his right to collaborate the carrying of his cross with the truth of the cross of Christ in the form of a living shield, called to abide within our heart in the form of the faith of God. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, Jesus says these words, and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brother and sister, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Luke 14, 26-27. As it is, we only learn the truth within our heart that is frequently repeated, that we listen to it and what we confess, that word that we confess, that we listen to. We listen to the truth and we confess that truth that we listen to about 
which we are called to meditate also day and night. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. These were words for Joshua, Joshua 1.8. Therefore, although we are very familiar with the essence of the collaboration of our cross with the cross of Christ, which provides God with the foundation to be our living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies, I shall remind us that if knowing about the truth about the blood of the cross of Christ serves as a living shield that takes upon itself the hits of the committed, committed by a sin, then knowing the truth about the cross of Christ is called to serve for us as a living shield who takes upon itself the hits from the a producer of sin, which is our old person, our old nature, that is our old person. The blood of Christ does not destroy the producer, the factory, and does not defend from the factory. It, it, the blood of Christ defends us from sins we've committed, but the producer, factory of sin, the truth about the cross of Christ, protects us from these. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, here it's talking about the crucifixion, that he was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we might we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. <clears throat> accept this with your, by faith, obey it, and proclaim the non-existent as existence, Romans 6, 6 through 11. The body of sin being done away with in the removing is the removing of the authority of governing sin over us that lives in our body by obeying our faith to God's faith in the preached to us word of the apostles and prophets. The preached to us word about the kingdom of heaven speak of the necessity to count yourself dead to sin that lives within our body <coughs> and living for God, confessing with our mouth the non-existent stronghold of life with, as existent. And we will remember that ignorance regarding the collaboration of the carrying of our cross with the cross of Christ is a barrier that can't be overcome, depriving God of the legitimate grounds that consist in His Word to demonstrate Himself to us in the virtue of our living shield. Eating the death of the Lord Jesus or implementing into your life the truth of the cross of Christ is the signaling condition or sign for the category of the saints that are purposed for rapture. The thing is that during the rapture of the bride of the Lamb, the powers of the previous age will be used, which is the truth about the resurrection. Eating death in the form of the truth of the cross of Christ in accordance to the instructions for eating the Passover of the Lord is the condition for taking part in his resurrection, by the power of which we will be raptured and meet the Lord in the air. Not by the power of death will we be raptured and meet the Lord in the air, but by the power of his resurrection. Furthermore, this is the condition also to be delivered from all sin and uh, slave of sin, as well as being healed from all illness and weakness and poverty.
if we eat the Passover lamb uh, worthily and we discern the Lord's body where the blood of Jesus Christ receives the proper basis to deliver us from all of our, uh, of our sins, then this means that we have uh, pleased God. If we are not partakers of the body of Christ, that is the good wife. The blood of Christ only works within the body. Then we might uh, try to use this blood, but it won't function. It functions only in the body. Our blood only works in our body. If we remove our hand, then the blood that was circulating, that circulates in our body, will not be able to circulate within the hand that's been removed. If we ourselves have removed ourselves or disqualified ourselves from the church because of our stiff neck, because I, you say, I don't agree with this, I don't think this way, um, then this is our fault. If you don't agree, if you don't want to understand like this, then unfortunately, the forgiveness of the sins that, that was during the time you were a member, all of those sins come back upon your head when you abandon his church. If you remember how one person owed 10,000 talents and he began to uh, beg uh, for forgiveness and the one that whom he owned uh, forgave the 10,000 talents. This very servant who, who begged went and started to choke uh, his neighbor and was demanding ten, uh, 100 denarii. And people went and told the one who forgave him that you forgave 10,000 uh, talents, but he is choking for 100 denarii. And he came and said, you wicked servant, should you have not also forgiven him as I forgave you the 10,000? So take him and put him into prison and until he returns this 10,000 talents, he won't be able to come out and he'll never be able to return. 10,000 talents is the sin that we commit against each other. How do we forgive? We wash the feet. We, a person is offended. If someone offended him, then the one who's offended has gotten his feet dirty and owes him 100 denarii. But God forgave you 10,000 talents. Forgive him the 100 denarii. And you, because you pray, forgive me as I forgive those debtors. And so, when you, uh, when I was praying these things, I realized I can't forgive as God forgives. I won't be able to say these words. And when I was in the church, the, old church would, the entire church would pray, forgive our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. I would stay quiet and smile. And these poor individuals, they don't realize that they are writing themselves a verdict of death. None of them, he said, I say in my mind, I know that none of them forgive each other as God has forgiven us. How can they boldly and confidently say these words? Forgive my debts as I've forgiven my debtors. And when I was in this state and then God revealed it to me even greater that I have to forgive, but how do I forgive? It's not... If, it's not, if I can't make myself forgive. God says forgive, but I'm not making, being able to make myself 
Why? Because there's pain and there's bitterness inside. And when the Holy Spirit revealed to me, when I began to pray and I said, Lord, I want to forgive, but how? And then the Holy Spirit revealed to me, according to Scripture, that forgiveness is not the act of emotions and feelings, but the act of the mind and will. This is the act of obedience, my faith, your faith to God's faith. God commands uh, you to forgive so that your son not set in your anger, in your wrath that I passed this to God and that's when I stood on my stood on my knees and I bent my knees and I said Lord thank you now I will be able to pray the prayer our father the complete prayer and I said Lord I want to do this and I'm doing this my will and my mind are agree I'm not paying attention to my hurt emotion I forgive the one who's offended me and I thank you that you also forgave me if you Forgive their uh, men their trespasses, then your father will also forgive your trespasses. <coughs> this is an important truth. Hell will be filled with people that are Christian, but hell, but unfortunately, held bitterness inside offenses, and they uh, held them inside and never let go of them, and they never reconciled with their brothers or sisters, just because they were not obeying their faith to God's faith and did not get on their knees and did not forgive those who offended them. And so, when you forgive and this feeling comes. I call it a multi-layered form of forgiveness because you forgive and then the emotion comes back. Uh, don't pay attention to this next wave of emotion that comes in. You say, Lord, Lord, you live and my soul lives. My, I have forgiven this brother or sister. Don't pay attention to my emotions, Lord. Heal my emotions. And then this wave will uh, move away. And then it will come back again and then it will move away. And then a point will come where it will become completely quiet on the sea because God will bring victory. And when you see that your heart can be freed from offenses. There are no people on earth that never have never had offenses in their heart against someone. Uh, people are upset at the president, so upset that they're ready to go to... I'm talking about Christian people together with these gays and lesbians, and they go and yell against him awaken, you cannot be upset at the authority that has been placed by God. There's no authority that's not placed by God, whether it's Republican or Democratic, a fascist or communist, whatever it is. We need to pray for all authority, and it doesn't matter how they came to power, whether it be uh, because they did something in a corrupted manner or, we, or they were elected for uh, by voting whatever it may be. When we eat worthily and we discern the Lord's body, uh, we discern the Lord's body and how we need to have fellowship with one another, how do we need to forgive one another, then such eating of the Passover is testimony that we have pleased God. Specifically, this is the testimony, this kind of testimony according to Scripture is literally discerning the Lord's body before we before Enoch and Elijah were taken to heaven, 
потому что Бог переселил его, ибо прежде переселения своего a guarantee that he will be raptured. And by this we can conclude that such a person has fulfilled specific conditions and has implemented into his life the blood of the cross of Christ and has grown in his body Methuselah who drove, drives away death and he has in this way confirmed his uh, rapture. He has destroyed the stronghold of death that's in his body by the power of the truth and the power of the Holy Spirit. The main ability to collaborate with the cross of the cross, the blood of the cross of Christ is obeying, obeying the voice of God and the truth of the cross of Christ. Let us study the glorious and wonderful uh, collaboration of our cross with the cross of Christ. We will remind ourselves of them. We know them, but when we remind ourselves of them, then they become more glorious and become more real. We will note that the unique in its nature blood of Christ without the cross of Christ will not benefit us because specifically the truth about the cross of Christ is the only way or that key that opens access to the inheritance contained in the blood of Christ. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, Colossians 1.19.20, through the blood of his cross. They're not, so, as you can see here, they're not presented separately, they're, they're presented together. We know that the goal of the deceiver is to separate the truth about the blood of Christ from the truth about the cross of Christ so that he could present to a person only that part of the truth that would be attractive to him, attract, attractive to his desires, and a person will then not need to pay any price, which is why the truth about the blood of Christ without the cross of Christ is so attractive and so tempting because it is, it is partial, it's a partial truth. And so then the role of a person in realizing the truth of the, of the blood of Christ is not possible then without the cross of Christ. And then you, will, you of course, can't satisfy the desire of God because the person then exploits the truth for his flesh. The shedding of the blood of Christ was called to satisfy the demands and desire of God's holiness and not a person because blood was brought before God's face and not face of men. And so only after a person would collaborate with God in the cross of Christ, this blood would then satisfy also the needs of man as God sees this and how God wants it. We already know that the man collaborating with God, we know there are specific roles outlined for each side, and God always is in the role of a helper, which means he will never 
make choices for us and make or make decisions for us. And only when we make the right decision and in accordance to that decision, we make uh, the choices, we make uh, choice and decisions. Only then does God send his help uh, and he could be then our living shield that takes the hits upon himself. Considering such uh, an order, we need to ask the question, what do the scriptures say about our ability and carrying our cross with the cross of Christ, as well as the ability of God that is contained in the truth of the cross of Christ with which we need to collaborate with. What connection and what difference consists in the abilities of God in the cross of Christ and the abilities of a man and carrying his cross? When he had called the people to himself with his disciples, also he said to them, it's not possible to take your cross and not deny yourself. You first need to deny yourself. He says, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Mark 8, 34, 35. We're called to lose our soul upon the cross of Christ. In this place of scripture, we see clearly our role and our ability carrying our cross, which will allow us to follow after Jesus or to collaborate the carrying of our cross with the truth of the cross of Christ. In other words, carrying our cross opens access to the surprising and unique power and the glorious inheritance that is contained in the truth of the cross of Christ. This is what, what the scriptures say about this inheritance and this unique power of the cross of Christ. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 17, 18. According to the given place of scripture, to follow simply, to simply follow Christ without carrying your cross or without collaborating the carrying of your cross with the cross of Christ is a futile waste of time and life. And if the cross of Christ is the calling of Christ demonstrated in his obligations as it contains the perfect will of the Father and the goal, which is the reason the Father sent his son into the world, our cross is our calling demonstrated in our obligations or our responsibilities and to receive the ability to fulfill these obligations you need, to, you need one condition that is to deny yourself or deny all things in other words identifying our cross is, identifying our cross is presented in the commandments and directives of God that belong exclusively to us the fulfillment or obedience to these commandments from our side is carrying our cross fulfilling God's commandments is carrying our cross. Fulfilling the commandments that the Father gave to the Son was Christ carrying his cross. So we will remind ourselves of what the truth about the cross of Christ is. What power, what inheritance, what glory, and what wisdom is contained in this honorable and rejected by all men truth? And what is the difference between the cross of Christ and our cross? I will remind us that literally the cross is a tool that was used for punish, punishment by death or a verdict of death. This was in the ancient world and partly the Israelites used it. 
which in part was also used and adopted by the Roman authorities for all those who are not uh, citizens of Rome. Remember what God said to his children when they would conquer cities that you need to take this person and they needed to hang upon a tree until evening on a wood. This was a punishment that was done in the Israelite nation because God commanded it and then was adopted by the Roman the Roman uh, governments and the punishment was used for uh, servants and not for uh, Roman uh, Roman citizens. Roman citizens, they would behead them. This was considered honorable. But when a person is hanging on the cross and it's a shameful form of death, this was for uh, slaves or servants. The cross, besides its direct meaning, also has a deep and sacral meaning and has a lot of meaning for, for man and Christ. And there are great differences between the two. Considering that the truth of the cross of Christ eliminates the producer of sin within our body, and that is our old person, when we put forth our effort and collaborate the carrying of our cross with the cross of Christ. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? He makes the decision that his calling is to save the dying, uh, the, the, the dying world or the condemned world. He doesn't uh, accept the fact that he needs to uh, save his soul, that he needs to put on, <coughs> that he needs to die for his uh, desires and that he needs to put on <coughs> the new man. And so he says, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Matthew 16, 24-27. Each one will be rewarded according to his works. If a person was not obedient, to the word of God, to deny himself, to take up his cross and follow after Christ, carrying your cross, so that you can collaborate your cross with the cross of Christ, or carrying of your cross with the cross of Christ, to then cast off the old man with his deeds, then such a person will lose his salvation. According to the meaning that we've read here, the meanings, the word, the place of scripture, carrying our cross in the form of fulfilling our calling is directly linked to a specific form of suffering. We know not that not every suffering, form of suffering, transforms our character into the character of Christ, because a committed form of sin or sin we commit also makes us suffer. But this kind of suffering does not transform us into the image of God, but transforms him into the, us into the image of sin. But when it says to follow me, that means to imitate me, how I fulfill the will of my Father and his commands for me. You in the same way or you likewise fulfill the commandments that are given for you. Jesus came to fulfill the will of his father. The fulfillment of God's will was his beloved food or form of food. And so all of his abilities, his strength was uh, focused on fulfilling God's will. This is what he said 
in the book of John. And this was at the Samaritan well. <clears throat> but he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. John 4, 32-34. His food at this time was speaking to the Samaritan woman and converting her to Judaism. She accepted, she acknowledged him Messiah when the elite of the nation of Israel at this time was spitting on him and wanted to stone him. But the Samaritan woman, she accepted him as the Messiah. She called all of her people to him and told them, I, I found the one that the laws, the prophets had talked about. And he, they told her, how is this? And, they, and she said, go and see, come and see. And when they came, they told her, now we ourselves have seen uh, these things. And so the will of the father for the son was that he needed to switch his destinies with man upon the cross, take upon himself the sin of man, and the vengeance for the sin and for this person or for mankind, he needed to give his purity, his innocence, his righteousness and the inheritance of this righteousness. For this purpose, it was necessary for man to collaborate with God that is carrying his cross with the cross of, uh, with the cross of Christ, not to stand next to the cross, but uh, to carry our cross. And so collaborating the carrying of our cross with the cross of Christ, I shall remind us of 12 components as this number contains the order of God, where God receives the legitimate grounds to become our living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies, and in part also our old person who is governing sin in us. First, the cross of Christ is the greatest commandment of the Father that is given to the Son, where for the Son this was the perfect will of the Father. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. Pay attention here. Not just give it. He gives it for the purpose to regain it again, to receive it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father, John 10, 17, 18. So let's now see, in the given situation, the difference of, between our cross and the cross of Christ. And so our cross being our calling, the difference between our cross, which, uh, which is our calling, and the cross of Christ, is that he, to purchase us from, from the kingdom of death, voluntarily gave his pure life for us, taking upon himself our sins so that he can, again, reobtain his life. At the same time, we carrying our cross with, when collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ, are called to voluntarily deny and lose our sinful life that has been inherited from the sinful life of our fathers so that we can receive the life of Christ that has been given for us upon the cross. He lost upon the cross his pure and righteous life, and we lose upon the cross our sinful life so that in this way you're switching the destinies are being exchanged, are being sw sw switched. 
и чтобы гвоздями были прибиты so его тело he, нашими руками. And we at this time receive his righteousness and his purity. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples, also he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Mark 8, 34-35. Denying our sinful life, which is our nation, the house of our father, and our corrupt life in the flesh, is the condition for carrying our cross, which is our calling, so that we can collaborate with the cross of Christ, which is the calling of Christ. Second, the cross of Christ is the willing choice and conscious decision of Christ to drink, to drink the cup completely that was intended for him by his Father. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away, from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Matthew 26, 42. In the given situation, the difference between our cross and the cross of Christ is that Christ in this moment voluntarily needed to separate from his Father. At the same time, we, in the allocated for us cup, experience the opposite, obtain the lost in Eden fellowship with our Heavenly Father. He, in this cup, lost his fellowship, his connection with his father, we, drinking this cup, we obtain the lost fellowship, the connection we had with our father. We lost it in, in Adam. Matthew 26, 27, 28. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink for, from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Third, the cross of Christ is the experience of shame, mockery, humiliation, pain, suffering, rejection, torture, and death. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which is easily ensnared that ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hebrews 12, 1, To be able to run the endurance and to be in perseverance, endure the cross. We see here that we need to carry our cross, that we need to lay aside every dependence of, of sin, which is our old person. In the given aspect, the difference between our cross and the cross of Christ is that Jesus dying for our sins upon the cross experienced all of these terrible things, such as pain, suffering, rejection, torture, we experience the opposite. We, instead of experiencing shame, we experience joy in the Lord. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portion to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10 it's talking about the Passover, that this is a feast of the Lord, a celebration, and you need to rejoice when you eat the Passover feast. 
Fourth, the cross of Christ is the voluntary suffering and the result of it is death for the sin of the chosen by God remnant. The Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, for he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken. Isaiah 53, 6 through 8, the prophecy. The difference between our cross and the cross of Christ is that Christ suffered for our sins. At the same time, we carrying of our cross, when collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ, we suffer for the truth. We suffer for the truth. But but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Fit, the cross of Christ is the ability of Christ to demonstrate his obedience and his humility to the will of his heavenly Father, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Philippians 2, 7, 8. Christ, because of his humility and obedience, he took on the lowly state of a servant or the image, appearance of a servant. We, in collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ, because of our obedience and our humility before the will of God, experience the opposite. We lose the form of a slave of sin and obtain the the image or form of a servant of righteousness. Christ becomes a slave of sin when he takes sin upon himself, <clears throat> but we become slaves or servants of righteousness when carrying our cross because we'll fulfill his commandments. But he died for all, Christ, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. 2 Corinthians 5.15. Six, the cross of Christ is his absolute poverty and loss of all power and all authorities. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. At the same time, we carrying of our cross, when collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ, experience the opposite. We open for us the ability to become rich with God's poverty, which opens access to the power of God's grace that is contained in his blood. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.18. 7. The cross of Christ is a tool by which Christ had turned himself into an altar of the Lord, upon which he was sanctified as most holy, so that he can lead us to God. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma, Ephesians 5.2. The cross of Christ separated Christ from the world, so he, as a burnt offering, belonged to God as a sweet-smelling aroma. 
Потому что there was a side where he received the sacrifice as a sweet-smelling aroma, but there was another side where he rejected him. And as he gave himself voluntarily and was obedient to God's will, in this way, this offering was a sweet-smelling aroma. You shall anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all of its utensils and consecrate the altar. The altar shall be most holy. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and the altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar must be holy. For Christ, the altar that he has made himself into, was the shameful cross. And everything that comes in contact to this cross will be made holy. When we are a similar altar like Christ, where we bring ourselves a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, then anyone who comes in contact to this altar is sanctified. Specifically with his Christ, with his, with his cross, Christ was sanctified as the most holy, so that anything that comes in contact with him or anyone who does can be sanctified. In the given aspect, the difference between our cross and the cross of Christ consists in the fact that Christ, because of his sufferings on the cross, turned himself into the most holy, because of which all who come in contact or come to him, he can bring them to God. And you come to him at the time when he's hanging on the cross. We come to him when he's dying upon the cross so he can change destinies with him. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, 1 Peter 3.18. At the same time, collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ, we come near to him as to his cross and receive the ability to sanctify ourselves. And the children of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned, do to us whatever seems best to you, only deliver us from this day, we pray. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord, and his soul could no longer endure the misery of Israel. Judges 10, 15, 16, while they sinned, they suffered for their sins. And they did not turn to God, <coughs> and God did not turn to them. But as soon as, because of the for, uh, opportunity to repent that God gave them, they did. They pretty much they received access to God, and their suffering then received a new form of status, which then prompted God's favor upon them. The cross of Christ as an altar of the Lord upon which Christ died, bringing himself as an offering to God, is the true drink and the true food that satisfies the hunger and thirst of God. If his offering as a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord is of the flock, whether male or female, he shall offer it without blemish, and the priest shall burn them on the altar as food and offering made by fire to the Lord, Leviticus 3, 6, 11. The difference between our cross and the cross of Christ is that Christ dying upon his cross for our sins became the food and drink of God, and in this way he satisfied and he quenched the hunger and thirst of God. He satisfied his holiness. At the same time, we in this aspect experience the opposite. We satisfy our hunger and thirst by satisfying 
that is our hunger and thirst for God. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. John 6.53 The difference between our cross and our cross, the cross of Christ and our cross. Jesus upon the cross was food for his heavenly Father. <clears throat> we carrying our cross satisfy our hunger and thirst for God. Ninth, the cross of Christ is a demonstration of the labor and greatness of his soul, which brings him satisfaction. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquity. Isaiah 53:11. According to this place of Scripture, the difference between our cross and the cross of Christ is that for Christ, the cross was the key that gave him the ability to uh, make this act of his soul, which was his faithfulness and commitment to his Father. At the same time, we, in this given aspect, carry our cross with the cross of Christ, we receive the ability, collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ, we receive the ability to celebrate over our nature and over all things that are demonstrated. And so our collaboration then allows us to uh, take control over egoism and in this way then deprive our old men of his powers, the stronghold of death. And in other words, and losing your your personal uh, I or me. And so uh, in this situation, if you remember Apostle Paul, he was called Saul, but he then changed his name to, Saul changed his name to Paul. Why? Because Paul means little. It was humbling. Tenth, the cross of Christ is the means by which Christ was able to know his Father. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Isaiah 53.11 And so, According to this place, the difference between our cross and the cross of Christ is that for Christ, his cross, cross was the means by which he, as the in the status of the Son of Man, was able to know the perfect love and wisdom of his Father, to know in his sufferings of the cross for us. The love and wisdom of his Father, we, in the given aspect, collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ, get to know the concealed. Uh, we get to know the concealed and evil characteristics that, of uncleanness that are in us. And this is... When we deny our own benefits for the benefits of God. Philippians 3, 7 through 9. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Eleven, the cross of Christ is the only way that God abolished 
that God abolished the enmity and reconciled in himself Israel and other Gentile nations, making them one nation in Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Destroying the uh, ancient enmity that existed between Israel and other nations. It's talking about the elimination or the abolishing of this enmity. And so to separate the one and the other from the producer of their sin and to protect the one and the other from the just wrath of God. Because the law revealed sin, gave power to sin, this was the service of condemnation, and they were not able to receive justification, the protection of God. And by getting to know the truth of the uh, cross of Christ, he can then deliver the one and the other from producers of their sin. We, in this situation, collaborating and carrying our cross with the uh, collaborating of our carrying our cross with the cross of Christ, we bring forth. Uh, we become as if a, a stumbling block, a block for those uh, that are carnal. This is both Jews as well as Gentiles. And we provocate them. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. Galatians 511 and so even being upright in the law did not allow the producer of sin to become eradicated, to eliminate him. 12. The cross of Christ is an expression and demonstration of the love of Christ, not for the whole world, as the ignorant try to convince us, people who have degrees in theology, but exclusively for his church. It's an expression and demonstration of the love of Christ for his church in the form of the chosen by God remnant. Christ also loved the church, not the world, not the whole world. Christ also loved the church. God has a holy selective love. He loves those who love him, hates those who hate him. Church, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or, or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. The difference between our cross and the cross of Christ in the given aspect is that Christ, in carrying his cross, demonstrated his love for his church for his church. At the same time, we, collaborating the carrying of our cross with the cross of Christ, we are called to demonstrate our, our, our belonging to God and our, uh, our love, a response of love to God. As a response, we demonstrate our love to God. 
They're from my brethren. You also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that, he, that we should bear fruit to God. But now we have been delivered from the law. How do you become delivered from, delivered from the law? By dying for it, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Romans 7, 4 through 6. We shall remember that the law has to do only with the old person, which is liquidated only in, 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 in being eliminated. He needs to be destroyed. And so only collaborating our cross and carrying of our cross with the truth that is contained in the cross of Christ. This, by the law, we died then for the law in the body of Christ, and this means to collaborate the given aspect in carrying our cross with the cross of Christ. Amen. Let us bend our knees and pray either our heads or our, or our knees, and we will pray, and we will thank God for this truth that has been presented to us today, carrying our cross and collaborating our cross with the cross of Christ. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I celebrate in my heart collaborating my cross with your cross because this collaboration liquidated the power of the old man over me. Governing sin has been eliminated and I am delivered from slavery to this governing sin and have become a slave of righteousness instead before your face. And although we bring about a lot of wrath and anger against the, uh, from the carnal category because they don't accept the truth because you need to, it needs to be spiritually discerned. They don't understand that the cross of Christ was the altar upon which he brought himself and that we need, are called to build ourselves into a similar altar so that our prayer words would be sanctified upon this altar. We thank you for the surprising fellowship we can have with you because of this sanctified altar and the offering that is brought upon this altar in accordance to your requirements and satisfying all of its requirements. Thank you for the death of your son upon the Golgotha cross upon which you exchanged destinies with us. You gave us a pure and virgin and righteous and holy nature of your Son. But upon you, he, you laid our sins, our unclean and egotistical nature. And in this way, you have delivered us upon the cross of Christ from the old man. 
And when you resurrected your son and we died by the law for the law in him, then we have risen in a new form and our soul is now saved. It is in a new form. Now the intelligent and reasonable aspect of our soul can easily collaborate with the reasonable abilities of our spirit. And if that's not it, it has now received power over its will and over its emotions to heal the emotional aspect of our soul that has been wounded by the various forms of offenses in this life. All of us have had specific offenses in our heart, have been rejected by someone, but I thank you that you have healed us upon the cross of Christ by collaborating our cross. You have healed us from these bitterness, these offenses, so that we not partake in the destruction of many Christians who don't accept the truth, don't want to forgive their offenders in their heart, and they will then be required to go to hell for this because your word that you once spoke is irreversible and it is perfect and it cannot be changed. It cannot be changed for those who say of themselves that they're weak, that they're without power and that God loves them just as they are. God loves a strong and zealous nation. He speaks to the weak. Don't say this. Say you're strong. We can't say that we're weak because we we have accepted your truth and your Holy Spirit. And although we may not physically be able to or in our emotions feel this power, we are called to obey not what our feelings say or what we're feeling, but information that comes to us by your preached word. And we thank you because of this information and the confession of this information we live till this day and not just live, but we continue to grow, we continue to expand, and we capture bigger territories that belong to us according to your words, but yet we're under the control of our enemy. You live and we live, and according to your mercy, we will conquer the entire land and our entire body, all of the aspects that are still not under our control will become under control. We will conquer according to your word and according to your truth. We will fall and rise again. We will not give the devil any kind of place or allow ourselves to think that we're weak and incapable we receive justification and this is because of the work of your son upon the cross made this power of the cross the great and glorious power be in our hearts and may we be clothed into that power so that we can so sin cannot govern over us so that we can destroy him once and for all and with noise forever thrust him out into hell. We thank you for your word about the cross, 
And for our collaboration with the cross of Christ and care, when we're carrying our cross and we worship before our great God, Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Могущему же соблюсти нас от падения и поставить пред славою Своей непорочными радостями, единому премудрому Богу, Спасителю нашему, через Иисуса Христа, Господа нашего, слава и величие, сила и власть, прежде всех веков, ныне и во все веки. Аминь.